Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. We are the Ninja Turtle Nerds. Yep, that weekly podcast that reviews the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics one individual issue at a time. How you been, Sean? Oh, it has been a long week. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long week for me, too. Um, it's been... Uh, so, actually, that's a perfect kind of segue into... Um, we actually don't have a guest this week. Um, we're probably not going to have a guest for the next couple of episodes. I haven't uh, stopped that process altogether. But, yeah, I thought maybe I'd explain to the listeners, um, kind of, uh, you know, let them know that it's it's not a sign that we gave up on getting guests. Basically, what happens is um, each episode that we... Sean, you might not even know all of this, but um, I each, probably each episode don't. we record, it basically represents, you know, like up to, you know, something like eight hours uh, of of stuff to do per episode on my part because, you know, you have... It, it, we'll, we'll say the whole process starts with reaching out to future guests so like you know you send out a, a bunch of invitations hey you want to be on the show cool cool and you know we, I, I reach out to guests and then i have to schedule them right and then after i've scheduled the guest i need to make sure they have the comic to read you know <laughs> otherwise there's no point and then uh and then i read the comic I reread the comic to take notes because I like to read it one time through so that I kind of know where it's going. I have like a reminder, you know? Yeah. And then I reread it to take notes. Then I do internet searches and internet research for, t- for more notes. And then when it's time to record an episode, you know, we, we've got like the whole connection test with the guest and making sure like everything's working properly for the recording. Then we record... Then after we record, I need to tell everyone, mostly the guest, but tell them where to send the files so that I can edit the episode, then editing the episode, then posting the show, uploading the show to our, our server with, with show notes and everything, which takes more time than you think. I, I feel like I'm really bad at like doing the show descriptions and stuff. It takes me forever, believe it or not. And also just like finding the links and stuff like that to like their their podcasts and sites and stuff. So so you know that takes time. And then I listen to the show. I'm gonna count this <laughs> to see if there was anything wrong with it, and which we did have that one error that that one time so far. After listening to the show, I make notes of what needs to be posted on our Twitter and Instagram for people to follow along visually. So all that together per episode, I mean, I would estimate it's like about like eight hours of my week per episode. So basically what I'm saying is I haven't given up on getting guests. I just wanted you guys to know that this is a labor of love, this podcast. We love talking turtles and we, you know, we, we want to bring you the best show possible. So uh, you know, if, if you want to help us out with that, we have the Patreon that we always bring up. There's the Ninja Turtle Nerds on Patreon, and you can send us. We will eventually get bonus episodes and stuff going on there, but as I just said right now, <laughs> it's a eight-hour commitment per episode at a time where I'm doing a lot of my 
actual full-time job work, which Sean also is doing. So this is, we're trying to squeeze it in, but we want to make the show better is basically what I'm saying. So you can, you can help us make the show better by going to our Patreon, the Ninja Turtle Nerds, uh, kick us whatever you can comfortably help us out with. And it, it really, you know, you might not think a dollar a month does anything for us, but even, even something as little as like getting a website for us, you know, if, if a handful of people gave us a couple of dollars, we could get that off the ground. So just little things, you know? I mean, really, I, I, f- I feel like I should be recording a thing in black and white and just going, please give us a dollar because I'm so much lazier on the show than Kevin because I don't do any of the tech stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, my, my process is... I read the book, I take notes, and I show up when we record, and then I retweet the things he tweets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, another thing you guys can do, if you can't, you know, I understand times are tough right now, and some people have to stretch their budgets. So, if you can't do that, some great, great things you guys can do as sort of like a street team. Remember when bands used to have street teams? I don't think they do that anymore. Uh, what you can do is just spread the word of the podcast. If you know other people who might be interested, let them know. Uh, follow us on Twitter and retweet us like Sean does. Or if you know people who you think would make good guests for us, believe it or not, sometimes it's better for the listeners to say, hey, you should check out this show. They might want you as a guest. It makes it seem kind of more legitimate than than us coming in because everybody's got a podcast these days and everyone's begging for you to be on their podcast so it's uh it's it's a little different when it comes from listeners so i mean i'm pretty sure at night my dogs probably record one (laughs) yeah i know i listen it's pretty good gave them a five-star review and that's something you can do for us leave us a five-star review (laughs) so anyway uh, this week, that was a whole tangent. I didn't mean to get all luxury no, at the no, beginning of the it, episode. It's, it's good for people to know, but we, we are, wow, 17 issues in now. Yeah, and uh, uh, we're getting close to where we planned on ending the first season, so I'm, I'm starting to think about that in-between time we're going to have and how we can really build this thing because I I love this. I love doing this show, and I want to I get us all the way to the IDW books. That's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I was telling you earlier, like, I think I'm almost at the end of my notes for this season because I've been having so much fun doing this. I've been reading like two books a day and doing my notes. And I don't know. I just I <laughs> I'm really, really looking really forward it. to doing volumes two and three as well, because I'm so rusty on those. I think I've read those are the ones I've read the least. Basically, I've read the volume one a lot and I've read the IDW a lot. But those three volumes in the middle, um, I, I think I've only read them all once. So with that said, um, yeah, I think this, this is one of my favorite issues. Yep. This issue is issue number 17 of the original Mirage run came out in November of 1988. So they're basically doing a good job of being quarterly at this point. So they are releasing kind of regularly as a quarterly book. It's 34 pages, two more than last week, written by Eric Talbot and Kevin Eastman. Art by Eric Talbot with letters by Steve Levine, of course. And the name of the story is Distractions. So I really dug this cover. There's something about these covers that seems out of place to me, but at the same time, I like the art. 
but they have a few covers that I don't know if it's just because that's the artist's style, but I feel like there's there's a couple of Turtles covers that are done in this style, and they kind of stand out when compared to the other Ninja Turtle covers. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm finding with these covers, especially this one in particular, it's reminding me of other things I grew up on. So in the case of this, it's uh, Mikey and April in feudal Japan on the cover. And it reminded me of those early 90s point and click PC games, like the box art those would have. <laughs> like Full Throttle? Yeah, like just or that. Or Curse of Monkey Island? Yeah, I don't know. It just has that vibe to it. So, I don't know. I, I, I really like the cover, but I get what you're saying, too, especially with the stuff we have coming up. Some of the covers are kind of like, oh, okay, then. But, no, I, I think this one's a really solid, cool cover, and I couldn't find it. Is this a wraparound, too? It is. So, the actual cover um, kind of cuts off where the guy with the axe is. That would be, like, the back cover. Okay. And it, you can kind of only see Mikey and April on the actual cover. So, yeah, we're, we're in feudal Japan with uh, Michelangelo alone. Yeah, I was shocked when it turned out to be Michelangelo in the I opening. Was because too. when I was reading it, like, I actually, I love when they do this in these early issues. It reminds me of how formulaic the Ninja Turtle dynamics can be at times. It, where it just like it feels like a Leonardo thing, but that doesn't mean Michelangelo can't do it too. So I, I, I kind of like a, a few times in these early issues, you could say that it was something like, oh, they weren't fully just like giving each turtle what fell into their archetype, right? Right. But. I, I don't know. It just it always works for me when when they're playing outside of outside type. Yeah, this because I feel like that's a trap. A lot of the newer versions of the turtles and I get especially the cartoons are geared towards children. So they want to keep the turtles in their four different personality types and yeah, and just write them for that. But it's nice to see Michelangelo on like a Leonardo type story or to see Donatello sometimes get an, a story about handling his anger, which would normally be like a Raphael story, things like that. It's funny you bring this show up just to kind of connect it. Um, so my wife and I have been watching the 2012 Nickelodeon version on Hulu and the episode we watched last night was actually when Michelangelo went to Dimension X before the other three and how in dimension mm-hmm. x he's like a genius and like he figured out how everything works yeah. there and that kind of works with this issue too because it took me i think until the panel that reveals that mikey has his brother's weapons with him to realize it was him because he's not drawn the way you normally expect him like they do a lot of great shadow work in this issue and by the time, you know, they kind of get into, you know, I've been searching for my brothers and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Michelangelo. <laughs> like It just, I don't know, it was this pleasant surprise. Yeah. And, and so it starts off with Michelangelo in the woods and he catches a rabbit to eat. 
And you know what it reminded me of? You remember that scene in The Last of Us where Ellie shoots the rabbit with the arrow? Mm-hmm. It, 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 I kind of got those vibes from it. And then he, he's cooking it. And a family happens upon him. No one in this issue, and spoiler alert, I do know why at the end, the ending of the story kind of explains this, but let's let's talk about it as though we're reading it through. Oh, that you know, was from, what was from so a first time too. reader's point of view. So ignoring the ending for a sec, it's kind of weird that no one in the story kind of seems to register that Mikey is a giant turtle. You know, I it might sound silly, but I feel like because that type of demon or monster is so prevalent in Japanese folklore that but I that's I, the thing like I made a note they they should have had a point where they called him Kappa which if you don't know I don't think we explained this last time it came up on the podcast Kappa are these like mischievous troublemaker trickster f- figures they're like they're like a Bigfoot legend in in Japan so it's like, uh, you know, we have our Bigfoot. We have, what else we have here? Well, we don't have it, but it's the Loch Ness Monster. It's one of those uh, cryptids, they're called. And and they're basically like giant turtles that love cucumbers and uh, causing mischief. Yeah, I think it's just because I'm so used to that within the turtles especially. But, I mean, I don't know, even some, like, Japanese kaiju stuff in anime like I don't know I like it didn't seem unusual to me that they weren't like oh oh no you're a turtle I just I don't know I just kind of went with and like like I said like this was the first time I read this issue and you know the end did surprise me so it was really cool so then this family is super nice to Mikey they have uh what seems like dinner at midnight it seems like it's the middle of the night to me. I don't I don't know why that seems I got that to be... feeling because it never tells you it is. Yeah, but I feel like in these stories that's always when the hero eats. So they have dinner with him and then they, they go their separate ways, but then Michelangelo hears the horses. How big was this rabbit he killed? <laughs> <laughs> I think they had some food with them too. Oh, okay, because I was like there's him and then three other people. Rabbits aren't that big. <laughs> so, but yeah, he hears horses. And it turns out to be this uh, group of troublemakers who are talking to the father in the group. He says, you shamed my father and me in front of our people and dishonored yourself by running. So they, uh, they want to kill them for dishonoring the dishonor dishonor. It's a big thing in this story, dishonor. <laughs> <laughs> And they want to kidnap the girl too. That's a that's a big well, point. Well, that's because uh, naturally because he's this guy's a a, a leader. Um, they call him uh, Lord Toshiru. Yep. And I don't think they make it clear like how much he's ruling over, but he's definitely an important person. That's something interesting too. As we've been going through it, is the naming of the villains where where they have these more traditional set in Japan stories the names are like that mm-hmm. and you're like yeah and then you get back to like the regular turtles run and it's like you know captain pointy stick kill face like they're just always something ridiculous when it's a regular turtles issue so 
I I enjoy that they kind of try to bring more in authenticity to these Japan stories. So the, the the people they were on their way to um Kyoto to meet their cousins because uh I I, I don't think they say why, but they oh because it wasn't safe where they were from anymore. And that's when Michelangelo told them that he was looking for his brothers and then they, they get ambushed, like we said. So Michelangelo comes and helps out. Yeah, the story's very uh, Robert E. Howard, Conan the Barbarian. Like, I like that it's it's almost as if Michelangelo's been on all these adventures. His main goal is to find his brothers. But, you know, on his quest for that, here's this, you know, side quest he's discovered now. He's going to help these people. I don't know, it just gives a richness to the story. And again, like, I was confused in terms of why any of this was happening, but I was so drawn into it that I was just like, I'm just going with, seeing where this happens, you know, where it leads. Well, it seems like, to me, it's a classic kidnap the princess story. Yeah. So, he he kidnaps the daughter, The um, who's the bad guy? Tachi, I think. Yeah, Tachi, Tachi yeah. escapes with Ty, who's the daughter. And after they escape, the the father of the group, his name was Lord Toshiro, and he explains that the abductor is who he was an important guy in the kingdom they're from and that he's going to force his daughter to marry him and the marriage would end Toshiro's rule over the realm and give Tachi basically complete control over everything, and it would give him all the farmland, and he'd be able to exploit all the, the citizens and everything. And Michelangelo's like, no, no, we're not going to let that happen. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think pop culture has used that story that many times. I mean, you don't usually get the twist that the bad guy's an evil sorcerer. No. No, that that that's the next thing that happens. <laughs> they, they save that, but I could be crazy. I feel like this issue has the most ninja stealth of anything we've read up to this point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then there's a basically to round out the summary of the issue. Uh, there's a big battle at the end where the, the the father guy showed up with a bunch of farmers, and they fight. And spoiler alert: the good guys win. So that's the basics of the story to let anyone who didn't read it know what's going on. I like how they did the narration for Mikey because it's very weathered. Like this is a much more mature Michelangelo than I'm used to reading. Yeah. And then there's just a lot of, um, I don't know if it was an intentional throwback, but the samurai look like the nightmare version of the turtles from... uh, April's dream. There's another point where uh, when the axe guy is going through the door, I, I want to say it's almost shot for shot the part in The Shining. Like, I feel like it's almost the same thing, so I, I like that little nod. And then uh, getting back to the Robert E. Howard thing, like, just all the giant lizards that there's no explanation for, they're not really dinosaurs, but they're not normal lizards. I don't know. I, re- I really, really dug this issue. Yeah, and I guess now we can talk about why there's so much weirdness involved in the, in the whole thing is the end of the issue 
it turns out that this is was it a comic book or a short story? I'm scrolling. Mikey's writing a short story. Yes, and it pulls out, and he's wearing the classic Batman 1989 movie T-shirt, and he's he's got like posters on his walls and stuff. Is I wonder if that's supposed to be at the farmhouse. It must be. So basically, not like. Another issue that we've covered, probably the second one that technically isn't canon. I mean, it kind of is, but nothing in the story actually happened because it was all the short story that Mikey was writing. Which I thought was interesting because, again, going against his type, really, it's not the story you really envision Michelangelo to write, but... I I don't know. That that's why it was so intriguing to me is I wasn't really sure what was going on until the twist at the end. And it's not like that twist hasn't been done before, but this issue's so solid all the way through that I was kind of taken by surprise a little and like, oh, wait a minute, Mike, he's just making this up. Yeah, I feel like with a lot of these issues, you either get story or you get art. You know what I mean? So like this was a case where they did a paint by numbers story you've heard a thousand times before, but they made it worth your dollar fifty by giving you incredible artwork that you just can't stop looking at. Yeah, I mean the sequences when he's sneaking into the lair and the battles. I don't know, it's just it's really strong art all the way through. Yeah, the way they draw the posture and everything, it's like you can you can feel the stealthness to it yeah. as weird as that sounds and yeah and like i don't know they're they're really good with sound effects too so like when he breaks through a door you kind of feel it and just i don't know the lighting too like like you were saying with these weird dinosaur animals like i could almost hear what they would sound like just on what i was seeing yeah it's funny because one of the notes i have is at the end of the story, when Ty is hugging Mikey before he's going to go continue looking for his brothers, visually, that's the only time in the story, other than the reveal that he's writing it, that it really looks like Michelangelo to me. Hmm. So they did such a good job of kind of having him be almost this older version of himself in this story. I think a key word for what you're saying is like atmosphere you know like there's the atmosphere is really well done in this book yeah and i feel like this is the type of thing they were trying to do with the third movie but but make it appeal to four-year-olds at the same time and it didn't work out as well see i had a note about that too where i was actually surprised none of this story was in the third movie well, not only is none of this in the... It's so weird what happened with that third movie because they, they have a time scepter, but they don't put Renee in the movie. Mm-hmm. Renee would have been perfectly suited to the storyline that that movie does. I, I, I have no idea why she's not in that movie. I don't know. Even as generic as this story was, like, had it been April went back and swapped with the princess because they're whole time travel mechanics in that movie make my head hurt but and you kind of any sense if i remember correctly it's been a while since i've seen it i'm gonna watch it again uh soon for the anniversary but um (laughs) it's it's if i remember correctly the time travel mechanics are they have to hold the scepter at the same time as the the 
peop- the the so, people who they switched with. I re- recently but that doesn't re- make any sense. I recently because re- they don't exist at the same. That's that's how time travel is. They're not on the same. Pl- they, they act like they're in different parts of the globe rather than that they're in different time periods. You know what I mean? So I recently watched it, and to make it even less sensical, it's not even just they have to be holding it at the same time. They have to have the same weight. Yeah, but what does the same time mean? They're in different time periods. Like, no, I know. Technically, but any the time same, they hold the scepter, the same time. What is the same weight even? Because the turtles have to weigh way more than those four guys they switch with. Like, I don't know. The, yeah, the, there was a good movie hidden in there. There are some nice moments, but no, I mean, I. I really am surprised none of this got in the third movie. And uh, so, if I'm holding a scepter in like in the year like 1560, right, <laughs> and the other people are holding the scepter in 1993 or whenever the movie came out, and you weigh the does same. it matter what day of the week it is in 1560? Like you see, I don't. Am I explaining that accurately enough? No, you are. Because the more I'm thinking about it, too, like. Like, it's not like they're on this. They act like they're in just, like, different parts of the globe instead of different. Uh, I don't know. This podcast isn't supposed to be about Ninja Turtles 3. Because they switch clothes. To, all right. Anyway. No, th- I really, really like this issue. And I wish they drew from it much more in that third movie. So, no. I, I We're on a pretty... I mean, the last issue was a little weird, but this is a pretty steady run still. There's a really cool panel I like towards the end where one of the, there's like a little dinosaur hiding behind a rock. Like it was almost like out of nowhere that the story, I feel like the artist halfway through decided, oh, you know what? There's dinosaurs here too. (laughs) Because you don't see them at the beginning. Like when Michelangelo is hunting his rabbit, it's very like, very grounded in reality. Hmm. Yeah. And then and then when that guy has his giant dinosaur, now all of a sudden there's wild little dinosaurs out in the, in the woods. Yeah, but again, it adds to the atmosphere. I don't know. They 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 really sell where this is. There's a lot of great shots from behind too of like Michelangelo just like staring off into the distance or like walking in towards the mountains and stuff like that. You really get that that you know, what was that Hulk TV show? Oh yeah, the Incredible <laughs> where, Hulk vibe. Where he's yeah. wandering around. You kind of get that vibe too. Yeah, I I the page, the full page when Mikey's going back on his journey and leaving Ty. I want a print out of that. Like, I want a nice print that I can frame because that's just a beautiful piece of artwork, that page. You know what it also reminded me of? And I know the wandering samurai trope is that, like, Westerns eventually adapted is, is like a, it's a thing. But, and this is drawing off of that. But it reminded me of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely could see that. And it also kind of, I mean, I know we were kind of wrapping up, but another thing I had a note about that I thought we should talk about was I always say that one thing that's unique to Michelangelo's personality of the four turtles is that he's the turtle that wishes he was human. Yeah. And we see that in a few different stories and we see that uh, literally in the cartoon show, he turns into a human at one point. 
but I, I, this this comic kind of felt that way because, like I said at the beginning of the episode, there's no point where they kind of notice that he's a turtle, right. and I think that's a part of it. And that I guess that's a way of indicating to you, if you didn't know, that Mikey is you know the author of this. Like I feel like if this wasn't him writing a story, then maybe attention would be drawn to that more. We also didn't mention that the evil guy who's petting the dinosaur has his panels kind of done like the inspector, like claw from the oh, inspector Dr. Claw. gadget. Yes. Yes. You need to post one of those. Cause that, that's one of my notes too, that it was very Dr. Claw to me. I'll get you next time, Michelangelo. Next time. <laughs> Did they ever fi- reveal him in the cartoon? remember let us know if they did uh you can contact us on twitter at tmnt nerds we're also on instagram at tmnt nerds you can email us at tmnt nerds at gmail.com and we also have the patreon we mentioned at the beginning of the episode the ninja turtle nerds on patreon so that's all the plugs that we have and uh, hit that Patreon up so that we can do bonus episodes because we want to talk about all Ninja Turtle stuff. We want to talk about, you know, the cartoons and things like that, the movies, which we basically did this episode a little bit, but dedicate episodes to them. But we just, as I mentioned before, with how much time each episode takes, we, we can't do really bonus episodes. We would have to make it its own separate thing. And in order to do that, we, we, we need that Patreon going, so... So yeah, so definitely support that because so, I really so that wanna, we can keep this show going, uh, focusing one individual issue of the comic book at a time. And so Patreon, we can do a Rise of TMNT episode because, good lord, is that growing on me? And I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys very much for listening, and we will see you guys next week when we're talking about issue number eighteen. I have thoughts. Yeah.